Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Alana Pratt. Alana, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, and congratulations that you had John Gray. Way to go, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Thank you. But we're here to talk about you. So let me just introduce you to our audience. If there's anyone out there who hasn't heard of you yet, this is who's on my show. This is Mm -hmm. an intimacy expert. Alana Pratt, she actually inspires open-hearted living with delicious sass. She's been featured on CBS, TLC, Fox. She's actually a cum laude graduate of Columbia and the author of four books. She's a coach to celebrities and host of the sexy, empowering show, Intimate Conversations Live. Alana helps thousands who struggle with their fear of rejection. She teaches women that their vulnerability is what makes them sexy and shows men how to cure their nice guy and become a noble badass. Alana's devotion to her to help her clients creates hot, healthy, intimate relationships, and it's rooted in her own journey. She endured a brutal custody battle, yet emerged more courageous, radiant, and loving than ever. Alana's joy for life is contagious. She saved his motherhood and pole dances for pleasure. She inspires her clients to be unapologetically true to themselves, successfully date, and find lasting, soul-shaking love. Alana, would you take a minute and give us a glimpse into, well, how did you get started doing the incredible work that you do? Oh, my goodness. Do you have three hours, sweet Ken? It's quite a story. (laughs) (laughs) Give us Uh, the the very short Cliff Notes thing. Reader's Digest version is... I hopped on Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi from Canada when I was 19 because college just didn't seem to fit. I ended up going back, as you said, to Columbia. But I needed to discover this this emptiness inside me, this yearning to connect, connect to myself, connect to spirit, connect to beloved. All of these led me to live in Tokyo, to live in New York City, to live back in L.A., Uh, I went through a journey of husband number one, husband number two, the death of my mother, um, a single motherless mom. Um, All of these have led me to discover the word intimacy into me, I see. And I've learned to love my wobbly parts. I've learned to find the strength in vulnerability. I've learned to see the the lessons and the beauty in our challenges. I've learned to stop justifying and proving my worth and just to, to stand open hearted and connect profoundly with others. The process has required a lot of bravery and courage because not everybody feels comfortable when you're totally real and totally raw, authentic and honest. But the good ones do. (laughs) The ones that you really want to be in relationship really appreciate it. And my clients and my community. And right now I'm even having a difficult time with my son 
but it's because he's willing to be honest with me. He knows that even though I might not be happy, right now he wants to live with his dad. And because we've always had this honest, open, vulnerable, intimate communication, he was able to tell me a truth that he knew would hurt. And yet he's still walking his path. So that's sort of the Reader's Digest version of how I got here to be an, an intimacy expert. Well, that's fantastic. And, and yeah, you're, you're, you're so entirely right that, you know, it is intimacy, you see, which means sometimes it's going to hurt. Yeah, you're going to see your wobbly parts that you normally would want to hide, be ashamed of, not let anybody see. But that's, you know, so much of like our Facebook culture, these masks of perfection that we all need to keep up with. And frankly, it's complete bullshit. We, we all have days when we're huddled in the fetal position. Or as I like to tell my clients, like, they're like, do you ever get sad? Because you're always so like upbeat and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. Talk about a shot of tequila and a bag of chips in the bathtub having a good cry. Like I am so willing to feel my feelings and hold the little Alana that lies in the back dark corner of my heart and let her know that I have her back and that she has every right to feel this way. So I'm, I'm very real with the, the journey. And the beautiful thing, Ken, is it lets us be real with another. When somebody comes home and it's been a really shitty day at work or something happened with a best friend... They don't have to be fake with us. We can just sit and listen and not fix and not tell them to look on the bright side and not tell them that everything happens for a reason and all of that metaphysical blah, but just go, wow, that must hurt. Tell me more. And in terms of partnership, oh my God, talk about intimacy when you can just be that safe sanctuary for somebody. It's very profound. Absolutely. Yeah. Very well said. So I want to ask you something because obviously, as you shared with us, you know, You've certainly had your ups and downs. What would you say is kind of your, I call it your guiding principle, but it could be a quote, it could be a mantra. What's that touchstone that you come back to whenever you feel like you're kind of off the page regarding your partnerships? Mm. Well, I kind of have a couple. I hope that's okay. But like vulnerability is the new sexy. Like I like to slap my ass. Like if, if I'm ever feeling insecure, I kind of got to find that sassy part of me. So I'm like, yeah, vulnerability, Alana, is the new sexy. Just own it and show up. Um, and then if I'm more like in a meditative state, I will remind myself that the internal always creates the external. I'm a nerd. I like to interview quantum physicists as well as relationship experts on my podcast. And, and the internal, if I can be at peace on the inside, that will be mirrored on the outside. If I'm in partnership with me, if I'm in partnership with the divine on the inside, that will be mirrored in the quality of relationships on the outside. And then the other guiding principle, when my best friend died when I was 16, I mean, it shocked me, Ken. My, my grandmothers hadn't died. My cat hadn't died. What? My best friend is dead? And I remember this quote, nothing lasts forever, good or bad. And when we think about the, the smallest unit of matter, the dual toroidal field. When we think about ourselves as light, like maybe like a wave of light, it goes up into pleasure and down into pain, up into pleasure and down into pain. The DNA spiral goes around the front and around the back and around the front and around the back. Like there's no way out of here without pain and nothing will last forever, good or bad. So savor the pleasure, but don't hang on to it and grasp it. 
and and breathe through the pain and don't resist it or avoid it just be like the my fourth book is called heart splayed wide open you know go through life with an open heart open to the pain open to the pleasure go for the ride slap your ass you know but um we're that's to me the the way through with grace that's fantastic and by the way i i, I just had this vision of of our listeners listening to the show as they're, you know, on the treadmill, slapping their ass. And everybody's like, what is that person doing? So that's awesome. I love that. I love that. that. That's awesome. Okay. So one of the things that, that we found with the show here, Alana, is our, our listeners love how generous our guests are in sharing their own personal stories about, you know, ups and downs. And, and where I'd love to start is... Would you share with us a time when, when you kind of tripped up in partnership where, you know, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and then what did you learn that has helped you move forward as a result of that experience? Mm, again, we need three hours for that because I, I made a lot of mistakes, but I have learned. I think the one that speaks to me the most or stands out is I remember it brilliantly. I was in the living room talking to a boyfriend. Now, my mother had just died. I had just gotten a divorce. I had like a two-year-old. And he had um, probably a little too quickly moved in. And I was probably a little too needy, but, but still on the path of growth. And he told me he wanted to move out. And I freaked out. And uh, I guess we could call it emasculated him. And he said to me, and these words were so profound to me. He goes, uh-uh, I love you. I'm here. Hit above the belt. And then he did that kind of Neo thing from the Matrix where your little fingers go, come, come. And he's like, tell me more. And he was right there with me in the fire, but kind of training me to honor him. And I never learned that skill in partnership. All I'd watched was, you know, my parents fight dirty, hit below the belt, and then divorce each other and talk not so kindly, you know, behind each other's back. I, I, I never saw people fight fair ever. And he taught me. And so now that I coach both men and women, I, I know it's very scary to see a woman in her emotional storm. And a lot of men haven't been trained on how to stay present, how to keep their heart open, how to breathe, and how to do like what my ex-boyfriend said. And, and, and yet, thank God that he did. Because I was able to get beneath the anger that was really just a survival mechanism to kill him off and pretend that I was safe all by myself. And I opened my heart and the tears came and the connection came and the breakthrough came. And so that's what's possible from that moment that I tripped up. I'm able to share what does work with my community and clients. That is such a cool story. So it's, it's funny because as you shared that, I mean, as soon as you said the word emasculate, I felt it. Mm. And then that response that he gave you, I was like, what a totally perfect way to address that. Like, ah, right? that's below the belt. That's not that's not legal. We can fight, but we're not fighting dirty. Right. Right. But so few couples, so few partnerships ever put a deal in place before shit hits the fan. Yeah. They don't know how to fight fair in the first place. So they don't even know how to put a deal together on how they are going to treat each other. But by listening to podcasts like yours and mine and working with people like you and me, we this is how we all learn. We, we A king or a queen isn't all by themselves at the top of the castle in the in the tower. You know, we're, we're down with our advisors. We all need support. We've all got things to learn and to grow. And that's how we share them and become better partners. Yeah. No, great, great example. Thank you. So 
I'm going to ask you to share another story that, that kind of a nuanced difference. But what I find is this is really a, a powerful distinction. And what I'm, I'd love to have you share with us is a time in your life when you had one of those duh moments where you're just like, wow, okay, can't believe I have been such a knucklehead for so long. How did I miss this? And what happened? What was the story that behind it? And then how did that wake-up moment turn into a building block for your future partnerships? Mm, that's a great question. I refuse to call myself a knucklehead. I have been one of the like the worst self-punishers. So ah. I just go in for a snuggle and a little Zerbert raspberry on the belly, but I won't call myself a knucklehead. But I do have a good story about a duh moment, like an aha moment. Mm -hmm. it, it was when I was uh, 19, 20 years old in Japan. Uh, I had moved from Canada. I had hopped on my Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi from Canada down to LA, couldn't get a job there dancing because I didn't have a visa, it was Canadian. So I moved over to Japan to dance. And I'd been a dancer since I was like four or five, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, very professional. And so I get to my first job at the Four Seasons Hotel and there's all these girls from Australia and France and all over the world. And there's the costumes and there's no tops, Ken, no tops. And I'm like, shit, um, it was a topless contract. I had no idea. And But all the other girls were like, no big thing because our culture in North America, we're messed up around sexuality. But over in Australia, over in Europe, like breasts are beautiful, bodies are beautiful, bodies are divine. And the other girls had no issue whatsoever with it. They always went to the beach with no top on since they were little, no big thing. So I was the weird one. I'm like, okay, I can do this, I can do this. So I get out on stage and I'm just mortified. I feel dirty, bad, naughty, wrong, everything I could possibly feel. and. And uh, the way the men on my side of the stage looked at me, it was like, hey, tall drink of water. Like I felt like a piece of meat. It was awful. But I do remember looking at the other side of the stage with all the other dancers and all the men on their side of the stage, I don't know, they're like little boy scouts. They were like bowing, totally honoring and respecting them. And I'm like, what the, like, what is going on here? And so um, I was talking to some of the French girls after and they're like, you dance like you are a piece of meat, not a work of art. And I go, well, I feel awful. This is totally new for me. And they're like, you are a goddess. You need to understand this. And I'm like, okay. And, and now that I've been a coach for almost 20 years, I understand they were teaching me like the Tibetan practice of Tonglen. Monks inhale the pain and suffering of the world and they exhale out love and compassion. It's a very old practice. So I got on stage the next night and I breathed in the judgment uh, the objectifying of my body and inside my mind, I affirmed, thank you for noticing I am a goddess. And I exhaled out that energy and no shit can. They all, st they all like sat up in their chairs. They all like bowed to me. Like I was a goddess. Like oh, I can transform men's attention. Are you serious? You mean my belief in myself is creating my reality? Like it was like a total duh, quantum physics moment. And ever since then, I realized that while you can't control people, we are the space to invite them. And if our ceiling is low, <laughs> that's as high as they're going to come. But if we can raise our own ceiling, our own belief, our own awareness of our grandeur, of our divinity, that our body is a temple, that our soul is divine, and that is the ceiling upon which you welcome 
conversation, partnership, how you welcome making love. Oh my God, it's a whole different reality. Okay, so that may be the most important story anybody's ever told on the show. Are you serious? Do I get a prize? Yes, yes you do. What's my prize, Ken? It's the top to your costume from Japan. (laughs) You're so funny. Now the reason I say that, and this is what was so beautiful about what you shared, Alana, was what you talked about was not resisting what you were experiencing. It was inviting them to see your truth. Yeah. You weren't going, they're wrong. I have to make them wrong. I have to shame them into changing. It was, I need to own the goddess that I am. Yeah. And that's an invitation to whoever it is to go, yes, you are. And thank you for sharing that with me. Right. I think that's the feminine power in its right use. Yes. It's an it's an invitation to wake up the nobility in a man. That's why I call it how to be a noble badass on my men's mm. my men's uh, site. That's what we women can be for our sons, for our lovers, for our brothers, our fathers. It is our open heart and invitation to our own divinity that I believe wakes up the best in a man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's such an important message. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. So I want to switch gears a little bit. And where I want to go is we've talked about kind of some trip ups, that type of thing. I'm curious about what, what's one of your proudest partnership moments. And, you know, where you think back on it, you can't help but smile. And you're just like, man, that was cool. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's such a great question. I think it would be my current relationship with myself, to be really honest. Back, it was only back, um, I think this will be aired in the new year. So it was back last summer when my son said he wanted to live with his dad. And I have been through a 13-year custody battle fighting for that boy to not let his dad take him away from me. And my son has been in 5153 times. That's where they say they want to kill themselves and the state takes your child. Mm. I've lost my house. I've lost my savings. I went into a quarter of a million dollars in legal debt. It's been a really, really rough ride. And I've kept my heart open and I've done what I thought was the best thing the whole time. And so the only thing I really had going for me was my amazing relationship with my son, that he still saw me. We still had quality over quantity. And then when he turned on me is what it felt like when he said, no, now I'm, I'm old enough. I want to live with my dad full time. It was like a blow that I never, ever anticipated, prepared for or thought I could get through. And so I I chose to get myself a sanctuary on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere to heal. And the so what I'm most proud of is that I do my morning practice every day. I've upped my, um, I, as a coach, I always feel it's an integrity to have a coach because I can't see my blind spots. So I always do that, but I've upped it to like three coaches right now, some more spiritual ones to really heal my heart and to not define my worth by my son's choices by what people think of me, by being like I turn 48 next month and I'm single, like all these reasons I could really judge myself. 
And so I'm having the most profound relationship with the divine right now, with the earth, with my heart, with the unknown, and just letting it all be enough, no matter what it looks like, especially with what it looks like. So that's, yeah, that's my most profound relationship right now. That's so beautiful. And again, what I'm hearing you say, and what's so important to, to you know embrace is as many things as have happened and are happening that aren't to your, your necessarily your preference, instead of trying to avoid them, you're moving towards what you do want. Mm. You're going, I need more support. Great, I'm gonna get more coaches. I need a sanctuary. I'm gonna create that space. Not going, mm -hmm. oh, you guys have to change so that I can be okay. Because yeah. that's never the way to get there. That's actually the longest way to get there is avoiding what you don't want. It's kind of like, you know, if you went to a restaurant and they said, what would you like for dinner? And you started to read off everything you don't want to eat. Yeah. You'll <laughs> get there, but it's going to take forever. Yeah. So when we can redirect that and go right towards what we do want and just let the other stuff drop away, it still exists. But it no longer has any any power over us. Mm. Well said. And the inspiration that's able to bubble up when you're not in resistance to what is and you're surrendered and you just sit in the fire. I'm creating 2018 where I take the last week off of every month. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm totally at choice. I'm going to work three Saturdays a month and I'm going to explore the planet. That's one of the benefits of my son living with his dad. I'm like, okay, I have freedom. So everything has its pain and pleasure. Everything is in perfect balance. Every situation has its pros and cons, but I'm willing to, to face and heal the pain and allow the inspiration of what's possible now to, to blossom. Yeah, that is great. And you know, it's funny because we're going to talk about this on the follow your yes show, but one of the things that, that I'm hearing you say is you're paying attention to what's your yes and going from yes to yes to yes. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to make no's into yeses, which is what we normally call a maybe. <laughs> and it's much more in the flow and in congruence when we're going, what's my yes right now? That's all that really matters. Yeah. What's my yes right now? That's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, I have this weird analogy. I don't know where it came to me. But have you ever been to one of those sushi restaurants where they have a little conveyor belt? Yes. I lived in Japan for four oh, years. I know hello, them well. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, that thing goes around and our tendency is to something comes by and we take, oh, I need, oh, I'm going to want that too. And we take all this stuff when really it's just our fear that it won't come back. Mm. We're afraid that, oh, I want that eventually. So it's a maybe. And then we look down and we have so much food on our plate. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> when if we just let it go, it's a conveyor belt. It's going to come back. Yes. And if it's not ours, then it won't be there when it comes back. Something else will be. Yeah, maybe but even better. But it's that fear that it's never going to come back that makes us go, um, I'm going to try and make it into a yes. Yeah. No, it's a no. That's okay yeah. that it's a no. It's just a no for now. Grab That's the yes so beautifully and stay focused. Said. <laughs> beautifully said, Ken. Yeah. So I should have known that you'd know about conveyor belts. <laughs> Since you were in Japan, they're everywhere. Awesome. So... Yeah. We're at a point in the show, I call it the bring it all home portion. This is where we're going to shift away from the stories a little bit. 
And I'm going to ask you to just give some little gold nuggets everybody can take with them. And the first place I'd like to start is what would you say, Alana? Because, I mean, clearly a lot of people come to you for relationship advice. But I'm curious, what's the best relationship advice you've ever received? Mm. Oh, it hit me between the eyes like like a ugh, that my ex-husband is me. I did not want to hear that at all, but it was the best advice ever that he is a part of me. He's uh, a projected part of my unloved self. And when I could come into allowance and eventually acceptance and, and love with that aspect of me, all of a sudden my ex's behaviors didn't trigger me anymore. I might not have liked them or preferred them, but they didn't uh, have power over me or trigger me. Wow, that's great. Absolutely fabulous. And you're right. We don't like to necessarily hear that. <laughs> We're like, really? <laughs> that's the thing I don't like the most. That would mean I don't like me. Right. Oh, yeah. But that's the high level coaching I, I, I give and I receive. Yeah. That's go to the core, baby. Nothing else. Sprinkles <laughs> on top of my freaking cone of shit doesn't work. Go yep. to the core. We got to get to the root. Absolutely. So, again, as an author, obviously, you've done some tremendous work and provided some tremendous resources for people. What would you recommend if you had to pick one other book or resource other than yours for our listeners? Hmm. Yeah, I'm super proud of my next book that's coming out, and I'm simultaneously reading. Um, it's called Oneness. No, The Journey to Oneness by Rasha. It's super deep. She's completely channeling oneness, uh, but I'm loving it. I'm just loving it. Each page you could just take like days to integrate, but it's it's amazing. Nice. I like it. And like I said, we're about to wrap up, but I, I'd love to leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And what I mean by that is if you share a specific example of something that, you know, you were able to do or create or experience that you're very aware was the result of being in partnership and would not have happened any other way. Mm. Yeah, it would be the experience of being up on this mountain right now all alone, but not lonely at all. The, the work that I've been doing on the inside to love, I guess we could call it little Alana on the inside, to come into partnership with the divine. Oh my God, I'm in partnership now with nature. I'm in partnership with my son in a different way. I can let go of it having to look a certain way and still keep my heart open and be in, in connection with him until I see him again, whenever that is. There's just, oh, there's so much partnership everywhere I look that I feel so full that people are like, don't you get like nervous or lonely or scared? And I'm like, not one bit. I feel like the, the fullest and most home and yet also the most raw and real, um, out of control, but held than I've ever felt. So if that's possible for me, it's possible for you, no matter what your circumstances are. So you just, you just made me want to propose this, this, uh, question which is so what if yeah being whole and full is being raw and real i think it is i think that's why i love being an intimacy expert yeah. all day long i get to talk about this honest open raw all all of our walls are put down i'm highly annoyed by fake fluffy whatever conversations i can't have them they're 
they're painful for me. Um, yeah, I love it. There, this wholeness that we seek on the outside is is an illusion. We're all everything's already one on the inside. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the other thing that and you, you mentioned this earlier when you talked about, um, you know, the all the, the rosy world of Facebook. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. It's like it's it's awful because it does. Everybody's faking their world. And I had a friend, Renee, post on there one day. She was just fed up and she goes, has anybody ever had a bad cup of coffee? <laughs> Like, seriously, all you see is this most gorgeous latte I got today at the shop, and it's divine. And it's like, how about this coffee tastes like crap? Nobody ever posts that. <laughs> oh, I like her. What I if like we her. really put the real truth of what was going on? I will say that I do post more pictures on Instagram with makeup than without, but I have <laughs> posted one even with this, like, butterfly clip when I, like, pierced my like my cheek. So it was a black eye. I, I did post that. And I do love the comments I get when people are in my world with my newsletters, because I tell it like it is. And I and I don't, you know, sugarcoat the pain, nor do I be dramatic and a victim about it. But I'm super real that this Christmas is my first Christmas. Um, the past was w the first Christmas without my son. And it was my first Christmas with an ugly sweater Christmas Eve party with my new landlords. You know, like there, that's the good and the bad right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love being a safe place to be real. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I got to say, Elena, I mean, clearly you have so much more to share than we can possibly get to in this show. And I love that. And would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do? Oh, I would love to invite them into my world. Yes, the ladies can go to my name, alanapratt.com, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. Right there at the beginning is the vulnerability is the new sexy complimentary training, a way for me to gift you with what I've discovered. And over on my men's site, it's called Get Her to Say Yes. Dot com and there is a complimentary training there as well and it's called how to be a noble badass excellent and by the way i can only speak to the gentleman here i've done her training on how to be a noble badass you have yes i went under my covert name and oh, awesome. it's fantastic oh, it's absolutely you. brilliant so yeah i definitely encourage you to check that out or for you ladies invite your partners to check it out it's great information to enhance a relationship. Well, I got to say, these stories have been incredibly powerful, very insightful. I, I'm truly, truly grateful for you coming here today and, and presenting these to our listeners. Thank you so much for being on the show, Elena. Thank you for having me, Ken. I just have this love for people. I don't know where it comes from, but it's just such a pleasure to just love people exactly where they're at. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.